2: We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be.
0: Hi, it's Bridget Todd, host of There Are No Girls on the Internet. Listen, technology has made our lives easier in some ways, but it's also made us homebodies, scrolling mindlessly. Well, you get the point. Let Rails to Trails Conservancy unstick you from home. One of my favorite conversations I've ever had on There Are No Girls on the Internet is with a writer who was targeted and harassed online about how she continues to stay safe while doing visible work on the Internet. Without missing a beat, she said, anybody worried about online harassment should sign up for Delete Me. I signed up for Delete Me right then and there, and I personally recommend it to anyone. Sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. Now at a special discount for our listeners today, get twenty percent off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindelete.me.com/no-girls and use promo code No Girls at checkout. The only way to get twenty percent off is to go to joindelete.me.com/no-girls and enter code No Girls at checkout. That's joindelete.me.com/no-girls code No Girls.
3: When the world is a disaster, people want nostalgia, even if it's a false nostalgia, and this nostalgia for a quote-unquote better time when women were quote-unquote traditional is really obscenely misplaced. There Are No Girls
0: on the Internet is a production of iHeartRadio and Unbossed Creative. I'm Bridget Todd, and this is There Are No Girls on the Internet. If you're a woman, listen up, because I need to tell you something kind of important. It turns out we have all been tricked. Oh yes, feminism was a lie and it was just a scam to get us working outside of the home so we could provide more taxable income to the government. It turns out that we were much better off back in the 50s as traditional housewives. Think about it. We didn't have to work outside of the home and we could spend all of our time raising our kids and running a household. And we were so much happier back then too. You know, back when we as women couldn't own property, couldn't vote, couldn't take out a credit card. Oh, and it was also legal for our spouses to rape us. So if you spend any time at all on TikTok, you're probably seeing an influx of this kind of content, which is commonly called trad wife content, short for traditional wife, that posits that women weren't just happier, but also we were more empowered when we stayed at home and embraced more traditional gendered roles in the household. And I believe that this is not a coincidence. Against the backdrop of some pretty scary and heavy political and social happenings, things like economic instability, impending climate crisis, which always disproportionately harms women more, the gutting of Roe versus Wade, and the loss of the right to control our own bodies, I think content like this does two things. One, it responds to and exploits the understandable fear and anxiety that a lot of women are feeling particularly in the absence of any kind of a meaningful institutional support. And I also think it's kind of meant to soothe us in a way. You know, don't be too angry, ladies. You were much better off without rights anyway. But all of this content is just a depiction of a fantasy life that never even really existed. And it's yet another way that social media is trying to sell women on a dangerous lie.
3: I'm Joe Piazza, and I'm an author, journalist, and podcaster. Most recently, the host of the podcast called Under the Influence.
0: On Joe's great podcast, Under the Influence, she chronicles how the business and culture of influencing social media and the internet has impacted women. And right now, a lot of what she's seeing includes trad wife content. So, your podcast is amazing. And that was one of the reasons why I was so excited to talk to you today because. You know, I've been scrolling social media a lot lately, and I can't seem to get away from this, like, I guess, trad wife content, this content made by women that is sort of giving us this idea that being a traditional stay-at-home wife and mother is the path to power and happiness for women. Have you seen this content on your feed?
3: Yeah, not only have I seen this content on my feed, but it has been dominating my feed for some reason, I don't, I, maybe sometimes I'm like, Instagram knows I'm pregnant and wants to force me to stay home in the kitchen barefoot and pregnant forever.
0: <laughs> and it thinks you'd be happier if that's how you lived your life.
3: And they think that I'd be happier. And you know, so my gut reaction to this is, and it's the same as it is with most things if you want to stay home and be a quote unquote traditional wife. And, you know, take on all of the trappings of domesticity that were popularized by mass media in the 1950s. And this is what you really want? Fucking awesome. You do it. You do you. And my feminism is mostly centered on women choosing what makes them happy. I do not necessarily think that this is the path to empowerment for the majority of women. But... I I do think that this is becoming so popular and we know that Instagram surfaces things that they think will soothe people's addled brains as they make them more addled because the world is kind of a disaster right now. And when the world is a disaster, people want nostalgia, even if it's a false nostalgia. And this nostalgia for a quote unquote better time when women were "quote unquote" traditional, is really obscenely misplaced. Yeah, it almost seems like it is painting a fantasy portrait of
0: a time that did not exist. Because it you know, yeah. e- even for white women back in the day, I- I'm not necessarily quick to say that they were were so happy. You know, it was like legal for your spouse to rape you. You couldn't own property. You couldn't, you know, take like ha- have
3: your own money. Like, I don't. You couldn't have a credit. You couldn't have a credit card. Right. And yeah, so I mean, it's most. It's, let's be honest, it's mostly can't having a credit. It's mostly not having a credit card and rape, marital rape, right? So and so, I, I think it like it harkens back in
0: a way that that paints these times as like really rosy and and yeah, it's a, it's like a fantasy world that never even existed even during that time.
3: Yeah, exactly, exactly, and not to mention the fact that it. Absolutely, absolutely, 100%, never even existed in media for Black women and women of lower economic statuses and immigrant women. So, yeah, it's a completely, completely false nostalgia. And
0: I I think you hit on something interesting, which is that these TikToks, especially that I see, that really seem to be trying to convince women that we've been lied to into thinking that having a job and, you know, working outside of the home is empowering – it really, for, for that narrative to work, you basically have to ignore non-white women. You have to basically say, like, I'm a white woman talking to other white women in a world mm-hmm. where people who are not white, if, 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 if they exist, we're not speaking to them. We're not thinking about their experiences. We're not interrogating that at all.
3: No, no, exactly. The whole
0: idea of a happy woman who enjoyed an idyllic life in the home, tending to her family while her husband did the wage-earning labor, is just kind of a fantasy. Obviously, it certainly did not exist for non-white women, and it kind of didn't even really ever exist for white women either. Or not the way we've been led to believe anyway. In fact, Joe says the entire happy housewife thing was a creation presented by a few specific pieces of mass media that made its way into the culture and just kind of stuck.
3: I mean, the whole trad wife aesthetic really does come from a very narrow sliver of 1950s sitcoms. And we're talking June Cleaver, we're talking daddy, father knows best, daddy knows best. I mean, the shows we saw on Nick at Night as kids, really. And it was mass media telling us that this is what the world looked like. When it didn't look like that for the majority of white women, it never looked like that for black women, women of a lower economic status, immigrant women. And I think, look, we're desperate. We are desperate to cling to something because the world isn't working right now. I don't think that the concept of women working outside the home I I think work has failed all of us, not just women. Work has failed to empower us as a human race right now. And so there is this small set of people saying, well, what if you didn't have to work? Look at these women who didn't have to work, these like three women who didn't (laughs) have to work in 1954. Don't they look so happy in their gingham dresses with their beach waves that they never could have really gotten in 1954? They do that shit with the Dyson hand wand. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I love your point that we're even if you're thinking about mass media from the
0: 50s, the trad wife stuff from that was shown there is only a small like, su- like subsection of shows. Like Lucille Ball, even she wanted to be on the show in, in or be in, in Ricky and in, um Desi's show in back in the day. Yeah. So like it, they're not even yeah. demonstrating that like it was a, a dominant, you know, a dominant culture.
3: Never. Lucy wanted to work. Lucy was messy. <laughs> Lucy was, I mean, I love Lucy. I just said I love Lucy. Um, Because she was delightfully fucked up in so many ways. And she kind of bucked the trend of the trad wife that was on TV in so many ways. You don't see that if you just like, you know, glance at one episode of the show, but she really did. It. And Lucille Ball in real life was a goddamn baller. She owned her brand. She owned her shit. She owned her show. So I, that she she was not a trad wife in any way, shape, or form. But the just the fact that we keep getting served this on Instagram, and this is not what I want to be seeing right now. I want to be seeing more nap dresses and caftans. And frankly, I'm just in the mood for some fucking cat memes. I don't want to see a travel. Let's take a quick break.
0: Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It is crucial for us, especially as black women, to focus on our heart health. Head to iHeartRadio.com slash RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. So in 2024, one of my goals is to finally get serious about my finances. It's been kind of a big emotional thing for me. Thinking about money historically has caused me a lot of anxiety and stress because I have a lot of trauma related to money. And if you can relate, if that sounds like you, check out Fearless Finance. Fearless Finance provides on-demand, comprehensive financial planning by the hour. It's a new way to get financial advice without all the headaches, high fees, and commitments that come with traditional financial advisors. Fearless Finance planners don't sell anything. No used car salesman vibe here. And that means no concerns about being sold something just for the commission that it earns a rep. Their planners meet you where you are on your financial journey, no judgment, whether you're looking to buy a house, optimize your savings, or just want to make sure your finances are okay. They can answer your questions and help you achieve your goals. No question is too small, no problem is too big. Fearless Finance is making financial advice more affordable and accessible. You meet with your planner virtually, and they charge by the hour. Visit fearlessfinance.com today to get started. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit, and you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use code GIRLS. the nation's largest trails, walking, and biking advocacy organization. Visit railstotrails.org slash iHeart and on social media at Rails to Trails. Y'all know I love the internet, but a sad truth about it is that it can be a scary place, especially for women, people of color, and trans folks. We've talked to people on this podcast, whistleblowers, activists, and advocates who are making technology safer, who then become targets for doing that work. But the truth is, it can happen to any of us online. That's why I personally use and recommend Delete Me, Delete me finds and removes any personal information you don't want online and make sure it stays off sign up and provide delete me with exactly what information you want deleted and their experts take it from there take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for delete me now at a special discount for our listeners today get 20% off your delete me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com/nogirls and use promo code nogirls at checkout the only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash no girls and enter code no girls at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash no girls, code no girls. And we're back. To be clear, there is absolutely nothing wrong with not working outside of the home or finding enjoyment in the domestic. But what can be scary are the ways that trad wife content can present a palatable pipeline for women to be led into extremist ideology. Yeah. And I think that you, you make a good point about the way that it's, it's definitely being like surfaced right now uh, for whatever reason. And I think that's what I think can be kind of almost harmful, right? Like, trad wife stuff for me is like a little annoying, a little, I find it a little bit smug. But I know that a lot of that content can really be a pipeline into like more extremist thinking. You know, if you are saying like, oh, well, the world was much better. In the fifties and the forties, when you know people of color quote knew their place and women knew their place, it's like a hop, skip, and a jump away from some pretty nasty
3: extremist, you know, I- ideology. I wouldn't even say it's a hop, skip, and a jump. That's giving it too much credit. That's saying that it it, it would it would take us three steps to get there. <laughs> I mean, I think that our, we're 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 kind of just teetering on the edge of of the, of this dangerous territory. It also it's also for me very dangerous. Because it pits two groups of women against each other, it pits the woman who does stay at home for whatever reason to take care of her children to take care of her home because she fucking has to because there's no goddamn child care in this country against the woman who either chooses to work because she wants to works because she has to, and it's setting up this dichotomy that says, "Oh, like this life is better than this life, or this woman is so different from you." That you are at odds with her when at the end of the day, we're all doing labor. Raising children is labor, making meals, cleaning the house, it's labor. Like, neither of these things is necessarily better than the other one.
0: Yeah, that's actually my biggest, uh, other than the like extremist ideology, <laughs> that's one of my biggest problems with this kind of trad wife content is that it really, I think, a lot of times hinges on this aspect of comparison. And that's part of it that I don't like. I think there's like a smugness to it. That's like, I figured something out that other women are too stupid or too shallow to see. And I just feel like if people like, I think people should do whatever makes them happy, whatever they can afford to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I I also think there's a kind of, in some of the content, there's a kind of persecution complex, like, Oh, Oh, I don't want to be on Tinder or in the office or away from my child or having my children in public school. And I'm demonized for it. And I think in 2022, I, I don't, this is, this is my opinion. I don't necessarily see a lot of people demonizing women who stay, who, who aren't working outside of the home. I think that like, frankly, if, if in my opinion, if you can, if you figured it out, how to make that work for you, like I'm jealous, if anything, like, I think that's great. God
3: bless you. Yeah.
0: And and I think, yeah, I think you're right. It sets up this dichotomy of two different groups of women where one is better than the other, or one's choices are better than the other, or more real than the other. And I just think it's not really a binary. Plenty of people, especially parents, will work, will leave the workforce, come back to the workforce. It's not this binary thing where if, if you are able and enjoy not working outside of the home, that is like a, a that, that innately makes you better. I just think it like, it, it it negates the reality of just like being a person who has to make choices that are right for, right for their lives.
3: Totally, totally, absolutely. And also a lot of the Chadwife content, much like most of the content on Instagram is a glossified version of reality. And it's also a lie. You know, a lot of these traditional wives claim that This child-wife lifestyle is about paying homage to a slower, more intentional lifestyle. There's nothing slow about being at home with two toddlers. (laughs) Are you kidding? Like, give me... My work day, any day where I'm like sitting at my computer and drinking coffee rather than getting up every two minutes to be like, "I need strawberries. This water doesn't have enough ice. Uh, There's something weird in between my toes. What the fuck? That is not slow and intentional. That is being. I say this all the time. I love my kids. Like I really, really like them. I like being a mom, and I also. Don't really want to be alone one-on-one with them for longer than three hours at a time. I don't. I'm not I think I'm exhausted. I need a break. And it just for me, striking a balance between doing meaningful work and caring for I also don't want to come home at night and have them already in bed, right? So meaningful work with caregiving, I mean that's the goddamn sweet spot for me. And I think everyone has to find their own sweet spot.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right. And I think you know, that's for, at least for me, like that's what feminism is about. Like people, like women being able to make the best choices for them and that being okay. And I think, you know, every time I see one of those TikToks, it's like, I live a slow life. Part of me wants to be like, what part of a slow life involves setting up a tripod? You know what I mean? Like if I'm living a slow life, I'm not like a lot, a lot of the TikToks that I see on that are like probably involve an incredible amount of like work to put together. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh that doesn't look so Mm -hmm slow and soft to me it actually looks like a lot of work went into this on top of being around your kids which we know is exhausting and draining
3: awful i mean it's just let's be honest a lot of it is awful um yeah those beach waves that wasn't slow it took a lot of work (laughs) those eyelashes you're all wearing you all got fake eyelashes on there's nothing slow and intentional well actually it's intentional there's nothing slow about putting on fake eyelashes oh no it's
0: incredibly time consuming and like yeah and i think like that's I, i don't know part of me wonders if like there's just something about this content that is tailor-made for social media in that it invites comparison and it, it 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 can it is an easy way to sort of polish up a lie, you know, that like you're living a slow life, you're so centered and in touch with your kids and yada yada yada. But in fact, it it can be none of that. But you're presenting this very pretty package to women and moms, a lot of whom are frankly at their limit. They've been doing remote learning, they've been through this pandemic, we've gone through like tampon shortages and baby formula shortages and no sub- no re- meaningful institutional support or help. Selling, continuing to sell moms this polished up lie is almost kind of cruel to me.
3: It is cruel. It's absolutely cruel uh, because, and I think it's just, it's a very patriarchal view of the work of motherhood of, of saying, oh, look at these beautiful pictures of these beautiful houses. This is so easy. This is a slower life. No, that is work. That is so much labor. And you know, I've I've dabbled in the domestic arts at times. And that's that frankly that's harder work for me than having a dozen meetings in a day trying to make a zucchini bread, okay? Like it's just like I'm not good at that. It's not innate to me. That's not to say someone someone else doesn't wildly enjoy it, and I do think that we have sidelined we've sidelined work in the home. Right. And the big the big my biggest issue is always that we just don't call things done in the home work. But neither do the Trad wives. They're they're blowing off that work. They're saying this is a slower and easier lifestyle and not recognizing that everything that a woman does in the home is actual work.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point that like if you are a mom or a parent who is engaging in the pretty exhausting work of raising little humans to have someone go on social media and be like actually this isn't labor this isn't work this is just mm-hmm. something that you know you shouldn't that you should always enjoy that should come naturally to you as a woman that should just be really pleasing and nice and happy and gentle and slow I think a lot of parents, the work of raising a child does not feel happy or slow or, hmm. or any of that. And I don't know, it's just another way to lie to women about the work that we're all doing, that we, that we are doing and, and sort of br- this burden that we all have to, sh- that we're all shouldering and telling us that we should enjoy it all the time. It just is like another added way that we're just not supported.
3: No, it's really, it really is. It's another way of putting it down and putting down the labor that we put into a life to make a life, to raise human... I think, I think that raising human beings is one of the hardest things that I do in this portfolio of many things that I do in our economically precarious society. But it also, it's just, it remains undervalued in the traditional wives movement. While they claim that they're elevating it, are continuing to undervalue it by saying this is an easier way of life.
0: Oh, that's so true. I really want to see like the 70s, 80s era, completely checked out mom who has not seen her kids all day. And when they come home, she's like, oh, I hope you've been fed because I'm <sighs> not yeah. making dinner. I want that mom to come back into vogue.
3: Fuck yeah, <laughs> I mean, I the parenting book that I want to write, and then no one will let me write because cancel culture, uh, is apparent like it's 1984 man put them in the be- way back of the car let's find some candy cigarettes right and just and plop them in front of the tv and give them all the sugary cereals because you know what and smoke i guess smoke and drink in front of them too because that was my life um even though if i had a cigarette now i'd probably die but sometimes i still think about it about how like wonderful it would be um and i feel like i turned out fucking great <laughs> And I was a latchkey kid whose parents chain smoked two packs of cools a day in front of me. I don't even have asthma.
0: <laughs> it's honestly so funny to see the different, like, I don't want to say trends, but waves of parenting. Cause yeah, I was parented like that. I was, I feel like I was the last generation of, of kids whose parents were like, go outside. I don't want to see you for several hours. And yeah, I, like, I if here. you did that today, you'd be arrested.
3: Well, it was funny. I have a story, which will probably get me arrested, and I'm, I don't care anymore. Um, just don't take my kids away, okay? Like, I'm a good mom. But it was pouring fucking rain yesterday at school pickup, and my husband hates using a car because we live in the city. And so, like, obviously, like, I drop my toddler off at her first day of preschool, pick her up again in the pouring rain. I'm seven months pregnant, by the way. I'm huge. And I asked another parent that had a car there if they could drive me the four blocks home to drop me off, and like, oh, I don't know if I have enough seats, and it was like a massive super. I'm like, what well, does pile onto the way back, it's, fine. it's four blocks, they wouldn't do it, they're like, there's no seatbelts back there, and I was like, but it's the way back, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, I'm like, we, you know, I mean, like, again, like, I'm not gonna do it for, like, a three-hour road trip with my kid, but, like, we're just so afraid of everything, anymore that I and I think it's it's created this is a whole other episode it's creating fucked up kids it's creating kids who don't know how to live in the goddamn world as the world is burning down around us but that's a, that's another podcast that no one will let me do
0: I had that same experience on a family trip recently where my sister-in-law we were piled into a car and she was like I'll just hold her on my lap car seat. We're, we're going two blocks it's fine
3: you know? two blocks two yeah yeah I don't know again like I think so many corners of the internet are dark and terrible for women. And the ones that are dark and the most dark and terrible are the ones that look the prettiest.
0: That's such a, I mean, I think you're right because, you know, I'm not a parent, but I can imagine if you're a new mom, it's scary. And then you go to these social media places or spaces that are ostensibly supposed to be about support and helping you and they just make you feel that much more inadequate and alone and terrified
3: terrible I would never want to be a new mom again and be and be scrolling the internet and looking at Instagram I'm just happy that I'm an old mom at this point who's just going to let a third child fall out of my body and probably sleep in a cardboard box next door (laughs) but I I just yeah I don't have time for it but like thinking if like I was so terrified about new motherhood, which all new moms are. And then they see these kinds of pictures and they're like, I'm failing. Well, women, we think we're failing every day. I wake up and feel like a failure, even though, like, rationally, I know that I shouldn't. I write good books. I make good podcasts. But, like, I still feel like I'm failing every day. We don't need another person to tell us that we're failing.
0: Especially not doing so under the guise of, I'm telling you this to help you. This is is just for (laughs) your own good that you need to know this information about how much you're failing as a mom
3: exactly exactly yeah so i don't again like women working in the home raising children doing domestic labor good thing women that say that we women have failed by being in the workforce workforce fuck you (laughs) fuck you real hard
0: more after a quick break Hey, ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It is crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where release the pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women, seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or your community, your health is invaluable. Let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. So in 2024, one of my goals is to finally get serious about my finances. It's been kind of a big emotional thing for me. Thinking about money historically has caused me a lot of anxiety and stress because I have a lot of trauma related to money. And if you can relate, if that sounds like you, check out Fearless Finance. Fearless Finance provides on-demand, comprehensive financial planning by the hour. It's a new way to get financial advice without all the headaches, high fees, and commitments that come with traditional financial advisors. Fearless finance planners don't sell anything. No used car salesman vibe here. And that means no concerns about being sold something just for the commission that it earns a rep. Their planners meet you where you are on your financial journey. No judgment, whether you're looking to buy a house, optimize your savings, or just want to make sure your finances are okay. They can answer your questions and help you achieve your goals. No question is too small. No problem is too big. Fearless finance is making financial advice more affordable and accessible. You meet with your planner virtually and they charge by the hour. Visit fearlessfinance.com today to get started. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit. And you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use code GIRLS. Hi, it's Bridget Todd, host of There Are No Girls on the Internet. Listen, technology has made our lives easier in some ways, but it's also made us homebodies, scrolling mindlessly. Well, you get the point. Let Rails to Trails Conservancy unstick you from home. When you get out on a trail and get to walking, you'll feel so good, trust me you'll see that being out on the trail is so much more than a day outside. It's good for your soul. Get ideas for getting outside on the trail from Rails to Trails Conservancy, the nation's largest trails, walking, and biking advocacy organization. Visit railstotrails.org iHeart and on social media at Rails to Trails.
1: My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man.
0: I do have one last quick question for you. So speaking of all things throwbacky and traditional, especially for women, I happen to know that you have a particular interest in a one Miss Laura Ingalls Wilder. If you don't know who that is, she was the writer of the series Little House on the Prairie, which became a TV show and was massively influential. Can you tell us about that interest and where it might take you next?
3: What a badass bitch she was. Yes, I, I love me some Laura Ingalls Wilder. I read all the books growing up, but I'm not as much of an obsessive as my dear friend, Glynis McNichol, who co-hosted Under the Influence with me um, and who also married my husband and I in front of a sphinx seven years ago. Uh, I mean, she's like a freak about Laura Ingalls Wilder. And, but we're both obsessed with how this woman's real life stories of growing up on the prairie have become the, like the most read books, probably among the most read books in the entire world and also have shaped how we view the American West. And we are doing a new podcast called Wilder, which comes out in March, where we spent a, a good chunk of this summer traveling around the United States, going to the Laura Ingalls Wilder homesteads and revisiting what her legacy means to America What she got wrong, she didn't get everything right. She fucked up a lot of stuff. Like she really, there's a lot more that she could have included in those books about what was happening in black America at the time, what was happening with the indigenous people whose land that her family was constantly moving on to. That said, she was so ahead of her time in terms of being a wild child who just wanted to explore the world and those story, the things we've reported out um, while doing this podcast have been so fascinating. My favorite is that Laura is really huge with Japanese tourists. Oh, huge! She's huge in Japan. Who knew? And um, it's for a couple of reasons. One, Japanese schools often use the Little House books to teach English. Oh. Um, the darker side of that, um, many of the internment camps forced people to read the um, Laura Ingalls Wilder books here in America. And then the television show was wildly popular. So these little towns, these little very white rural towns where Laura's from get busloads of Japanese tourists visiting them every year. But to their, like the towns love it. And it has actually opened the town's eyes to different cultures that they never would have experienced were it not for Laura. And so, and that's just like one of the little tidbits that, that we loved while we were doing this, and yeah, that podcast is coming out in March. I'm also hoping to work on a po- podcast about Judy Bloom <gasps> and her her, endur- her enduring legacy on our lives. Oh my god! Written.
0: Please, I am obsessed with Judy Bloom. When I was a kid, the uh, book "Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret." Are like you there, god? it's like it was. I we like trade. I mean, this is we used to trade it. Like when I was in like fifth, fourth or fifth grade, it was for we thought it was like the most grown up like you know, book about our bodies and our, our, the way, you know, we would like, tr- like, like trade it to each other. Like, Ooh, have you read this?
3: I know. I know that one. And then also Deanie and forever. I'm like, this is the dirtiest sex I've ever read about. Um, yeah. All right. Great. You're going to come on that show. Ugh. I'm trying to get that greenlit right now. So you're coming on it. I'm going to tell everyone that you're, you're I'm already in, already I'm in, it. I cannot wait.
0: Great, right. Joe, thank you so much for being here. Where can folks keep up with all the cool work that you're doing?
3: unfortunately the fucking instagram <laughs> at joe piazza at joe piazza author like i spend all of my days trashing instagram and saying how much i hate it and then i'm like this is a really the easiest place to find me so thank you instagram at joe piazza author is the easiest place i'm gonna have this baby in like two months so i'm, I'm gonna i'm either gonna go dark or i'm gonna become a traditional one
0: <laughs> well everyone will have to check in on your instagram to see which way it goes <laughs> which way it goes exactly. awesome If you're looking for ways to support the show, check out our merch store at tangody.com slash store. Got a story about an interesting thing in tech or just wanna say hi? You can reach us at hello at tangody.com. You can also find transcripts for today's episode at tangody.com. There Are No Girls on the Internet was created by me, Bridget Todd. It's a production of iHeartRadio and Unbossed Creative. Edited by Joey Pat. Jonathan Strickland is our executive producer. Tari Harrison is our producer and sound engineer. Michael Amato is our contributing producer. I'm your host, Bridget Todd. If you want to help us grow, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women. Visit railstotrails.org slash iHeart and on social media at Rails to Trails.
2: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop.
3: Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control?